0: Welcome to the AI Chat podcast. I'm your host Jaden Schaefer. Today on the podcast, we have the pleasure of being joined with Victor Perryboom, who is the co-founder and CTO at UbiOps, which enables data scientists and engineers to very quickly turn algorithms into scalable, robust, and secure end-to-end applications without requiring knowledge to set up cloud infrastructure, microservices, automated scaling, or DevOps practices. So, super excited to have you on. Welcome to the show today, Victor. Yeah, thanks. Great to uh, great to be here. Um, super excited. Now, so a question I wanted to kind of kick this off with is I'm wondering if you can give us a little bit um, about your background. First off, my question would be like, did you always know you were interested in AI into, into this space? Was this something you kind of found throughout your career journey? Walk us a little bit through your kind of journey that brought you here.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, so my interest in AI and data science started Probably about like more than 10 years ago. I was still at university uh, studying aerospace engineering at the time. I did a lot in autonomous control. And um, there is a lot of, it's the more like computer science, data-focused side of aerospace, I would say. And um, it was around the time that big data became kind of a topic and more people started exploring what's possible with machine learning and those techniques. And um, I don't know, I've always been interested in more like Software and computers and all that. So, just out of curiosity, I started diving into the topic and uh, just stuck with me. Like this is really powerful technology. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, started also including um, kind of courses and things and just reading up on what's happening on data science and AI and uh, and big data back then and how it could be applied to what I was working on university and um, later that uh, yeah. So that that kind of handled my interest in the in the in the subject and um later I got the opportunity um I I was more um kind of well versed on the topic then and had the opportunity with a um uh, with a friend from university to kind of start a company in the space and we started actually working on a different like range of topics okay uh, like solving machine learning problems for Customers and especially around the topic of predictive maintenance, yeah. which is really cool because based on data like IoT sensor data, all that stuff, you can kind of predict uh, if any like um, uh, d- d- device or component or something is going to break down at some point. If there are any any okay. failures and things, we did a lot of that work in uh, railway infrastructure and oh, uh, trying to predict, yeah, trying to predict failures there. So it also was solving a uh, solving a big problem. Uh, back back then, so it was really really interesting to uh, to work on, and from um, from there we yeah, so we, we we started building a uh, building a company around that was more like professional services consultancy in the space, and also trying to uh, productize the things we were developing. So productizing the AI solutions we were building, like the different predictive maintenance models we were we were developing. And uh, we just ran into the issue over and over again of like, hey, we need some kind of standardized infrastructure to kind of take the models, which were basically just like pieces of Python code, right? With statistics and everything in it. And how do we actually like turn these into a working like live application that we can sell and that we can sell to people and uh, sell to the businesses that need them? Because... Um, that's eventually what they were gonna use, right? So right. That was kind of the type of applications that we were gonna use in the in the in the field. Um, not just we couldn't just like ship the model and say like okay, good luck, and you know our work is done. We <laughs> needed something. Yeah. So uh, let's let's say for predictive maintenance. Um, let's say that, that the end users of the application were more like the um, actual engineers who knew everything about the railway infrastructure but not much about data science and ai so they needed something they could you know like uh, show them on an ipad when they were out there and just see what was going on but to get that whole system up and running and working we needed to host our ai models uh, let the data flow through them and put that entire also it side and cloud infrastructure in place and for every application we were building and for every Customer, we were um, engaging with. We, we had to do the same thing over and over again. So that's how we started, kind of building that AI, uh, machine learning serving infrastructure that we now turn into a uh, turn into a product and a company. That's in, that's incredible. That's super
0: fascinating. Yeah. Um, and so there was, there was a very long intro, by the way. I just Yeah. Just... Well, I love it. You gave the <laughs> whole story. Um, yeah. So kind of diving into that a little bit and and kind of what that looked like at the beginning. Um, you know, what were what were some of your first steps when you decided you, you know, you wanted to make Ubiops? Was this something that you had, you know, kind of been working on some of this technology in the background and it was kind of a natural launch where you've seen some of these issues and you're like, "Okay, hey, we need to like make something completely brand new." Um, how did that partnership yeah. go with your, you know, your co-founder? How did what did that kind of look like?
1: Yeah, so by the by the time we um uh we turned Ubiops into a product, we were a, um, like a company of 15 okay, people, probably most of them focused on data science, machine learning. And, um, we, uh, we, we realized that this was a problem. So basically the the deployment and productionizing of AI machine learning. So turning the models we had into a working application was not only something that we were running into, like that, that same challenge, but right. we saw that like everywhere. So also other data, like analytics teams we we talked with and uh, other companies we, uh, uh, yeah, we spoke to, it was like, yeah, we all run into this problem of, you know, having this, um, um, having good like data science, data analytics capabilities and having the people in house to do that. But then at some point turning it into actually like a reliable, product and service, that's really hard because, yeah, data scientists are, yeah, those teams are not very at home in like cloud computing, IT software in general. And um, uh, to build a stable solution, you need software engineers and Uh IT people. So it started more as an internal product and an internal platform we were using to just uh, deploy our own solutions. And uh, then at some point we decided like, hey, this like the market, the timing is right to also help other teams uh, achieve the same goals. So we started um, actually talking to a lot of those teams at the companies we were working with saying like, hey, if you had a platform like this, would that be useful? And that's how we started kind of defining the scope of uh, the UbiOps platform. Mm-hmm. And from there, we uh, yeah did internal development, started with a beta and started, yeah, getting it, getting it out there. into the the market uh, very very cool
0: um exciting times one thing i'd love to ask you know specifically about the platform and kind of what you guys are building is like how does ubiops um you know kind of simplify the process of turning algorithms into scalable applications for data scientists right this episode is brought to you by shopify
1: it's uh uh, so it's a platform that sits between the data science code and like the cloud and it infrastructure so the 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 main goal is making it as easy as possible for a data scientist to take his ai model machine learning model code um push it to our platform and we do everything from let's say building a a software container around it to scheduling that uh to doing like all the um, api api management uh, traffic queuing and all that so as soon as you push your code to our platform you get a, uh, uh, you get an API endpoint in return so it turns it into a um, scalable cloud-based service and you can just use the API endpoint to shoot data at your send data to your AI or machine learning model you get the response in uh, in return so that's kind of then you suddenly have a connector to plug it into um, any application like, a, um, it could be it could be like an app, uh, could be some internal uh, data system or um, RQ or Flow or whatever backend you're you're using. Mm-hmm. So suddenly it becomes uh, scalable. Your AI model becomes a scalable service uh, that lives in the, that lives in the cloud, or at least in our in 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 UbiOps, which can run in the cloud or can run on premise too. But um, making that step suddenly very easy uh-huh. um, makes it suddenly as a data science team you can build and ship AI products and solutions much faster than you could before because before there was always this really, especially at larger organizations and, yeah. and, and companies there was this really awkward handover between uh, data team and IT teams like hey we developed those models, we need to run them, can yeah. you help us out running this in the cloud and then suddenly things start to become really kind of messy in a way and now suddenly um, with our platform you have uh it guarantees for the IT team. It guarantees all this stability for like yeah you know it 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 can run on 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 uh, Kubernetes or plug into you know like your existing cloud tenant API and um, the interface to data scientists uh, is very easy to use. So for them, it suddenly becomes very easy to you know create a mo- create a model catalog, um, have all your like MLOPs Ops capabilities, um, have all the features you need to do like model versioning, manage that, build. Uh, build really great uh, workflows and pipelines out of the different models you have. So suddenly, building and shipping AI applications, not just models, becomes very yeah easy. And that's our that's our main that's our main goal.
0: Very cool. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds like you're you're doing a fairly good job of that. Um, and so I see you know a lot of people are quite excited about some of the things you guys are working on. One thing I'd be curious about, you know, just from yourself uh, personally. I've noticed that you've been on the uh, the Dev Network Advisory Board for AI and machine learning, and just you know, off the top of your head, I, I wonder, you know, how do you right. kind of see the role of advisory boards and shaping the future of AI? Obviously, this is a really big new topic, a big new field. A lot of people yeah. are, you know, wondering how this is going to shape out.
1: So, I'd-, I'd love to get your take on that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's great to, um, especially for like conferences and and events to have input from people from the industry and from the field to kind of know like what are the latest topics uh to you know include in conference tracks what are nice things to um uh what are what are kind of emerging topics to maybe include next year and just i think it's great that they're getting that input from you know just like people working in the field like uh startup founders company founders but also just mm-hmm. like people working at larger companies like like uh, like meta or google or whatever and and yeah it's 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 really nice to have all these different opinions to kind of shape what a uh, yeah what a what a what are relevant uh items to include in a conference or any events
0: very cool yeah no i think you're i think you're spot on with that and i think getting all those different opinions uh especially from the field helps to to make some robust knowledge sharing and solutions and whatnot so very cool um, I did notice UbiOps offers zero DevOps solutions. I'm wondering if you can explain how this kind of benefits companies, specifically maybe startups.
1: Yeah, so we noticed that this, uh, for startups and scaleups, we are um, a powerful platform because they um, usually they're they reach a point where they say like, hey, if let's say I'm a uh, I'm a startup or scaleup building an AI. Uh, a, a product based on AI, right? So let's say my um, offering is based on, uh, I don't know, like image recognition yeah. and I'm building a mobile app for that. And at some point you, c- you can build a beta fairly quickly. So you can, you know, like put, put quite a lot of stuff together and, and build a beta of your product. But um, it's a very different game to build a product that's that like 10,000 or maybe 100,000 or a million people are going to use because then you sell a scalable, infrastructure, not just for your app, but also for your, uh, for all the AI stuff and all the logic. Yeah. And that's what we can give you out of the box. So as soon as you, um, start using UbiOps for, uh, deploying your models and yeah, connecting them, uh, integrating them in your, uh, in your application or your, the product that you're building. Suddenly you're not just ready for your beta, but you're also ready for, uh, you know, like scaling for the next, uh, for the next for the for for the future basically mm. and you don't have to you know like like uh refactor your uh, uh your whole infrastructure and back end it saves a lot of devops and 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 engineering resources but it also speeds up your time to market so suddenly you can ship products much faster and uh yeah it, it 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 also saves you all the yeah devops overhead and uh that's a that's a big big deal in building scalable production grade systems right now very cool that's awesome yeah i'm sure that's a, a
0: massive help to a lot of different people in the space looking for this kind of technology yeah. something i would you know speaking speaking of something i'd love to, to get your thoughts on is there any specific um companies that you can you know use cases or people that have you know had success with your product that you could share uh yeah sure
1: yeah we uh we are actually uh, so we're we're serving quite a broad range of different companies and 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 different use cases. As mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, some are more like enterprises, like uh, Bayer Bayer Crop Science, they're building uh, computer vision applications for uh, for agriculture, cool. which is really cool. Yeah. We have a uh, lot of very cool startups and scaleups uh, among our uh, among our users. Uh, some work working on like deep fake detection which is which is amazing uh like in healthcare things especially healthcare uh, uh like image recognition and um, um so that like like image- based applications in healthcare extremely powerful and uh, uh personalized uh, personalized medicine applications so there are tons of great uh yeah great products being built on uh, on Ubiops right now
0: very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, exciting stuff. A lot of industries that so I think you're going to see some uh, some big gains from this. I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on the future of AI infrastructure, specifically, like looking at the context of multi-cloud and on-premise solutions?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's a big topic right now, and it's really interesting because um, there are a couple of drivers that that kind of yeah move the um, uh, uh, kind of change the change the way we consume and look at look at the infrastructure first it was okay we choose a, you choose a cloud right like a few years ago yeah. you choose a cloud you stick with it and and that's kind of where you deploy everything uh-huh. but suddenly especially now with um gen AI and LLMs now suddenly uh you can't get like GPUs everywhere anymore all yeah. the time so they, they just sell out in right. certain regions and uh uh also compliance uh compliance becomes a topic, especially for enterprises. So like, okay, I I want to, you know, like I want to keep my data and and my compute inside my own organization. Uh, So suddenly you have all these different, um, kind of demands for like where stuff should run and how you deal with compute. So that really drives the adoption of hybrid cloud and multi-cloud infrastructures. So there are companies that say like, yeah, I want to, you know, like use my own infrastructure. For uh, uh, because maybe you bought some like GPUs and have them in your office or in the data center. It's like, yeah, I want to use that for training, but I want to do inference in the cloud because it scales better. Yeah. So then, but you want to control it from one, uh, um, one control plane and one interface. Mm-hmm. So we also started, um, uh, we, 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 we recently released uh, capabilities to also, you know, like deploy your models and workloads uh, across like hybrid and multi-cloud, multi-cloud architectures, which is really cool because then you can slowly lift and shift uh, models from uh, your on-premise data center or like burst training workloads to the cloud, or uh, kind of pick what um, zone you have GPU availability, so we- you can connect different compute environments to the same control plane. And uh, use that to uh, optimize for cost, optimize for resource availability, for compliance. You have suddenly have a lot more flexibility in what your uh, compute landscape should look like. And uh, that that's a whole different thing than like a few years ago when you just like stick with one, let's say cloud 10 and then build everything in there. Right. Uh, because it's currently kind of limiting, especially if you're, uh, yeah, if, 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 if these are challenges you're facing. Right,
0: right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, something I'd love to hear your opinion on is, you know, where do you see the the future of like AI and healthcare specifically? I know you have some experience um, in this space in yeah. the past. What what are your thoughts on where this goes? I've seen some incredible innovations, right? AI being used for drug discovery and all sorts of things. Where, where do you think this all
1: yeah. goes? Yeah, I think healthcare is an area where AI has tremendous potential. And uh, you also already see a lot of um, very innovative applications being uh, being built uh, in a healthcare space I think the most tangible right now has been like in the computer vision image recognition space uh-huh. uh, you know like detecting uh, 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 d- 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 in, in like pathology or like um medical imaging and doing automate automatic detection uh-huh. uh, there of like uh, you know like 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 cancer cells and and all those different uh, all those different applications i think those are pretty they, those are actually uh, uh yeah they they perform really well and i think it's really a maturing field the tricky thing in healthcare is the data the sensitivity of the data right actually. And that's that's been a, that's been a thing for uh, for a long time now. So data is usually, you know, it sits in different silos. It's hard to kind of break them down, um, especially when you like for for imaging, it's quite straightforward because there's a data stream from a machine, and you uh, you pass it through an image recognition model, which can also run on premise. But especially if you want to combine large bodies of data for more advanced machine learning tasks, let's say, you know, like. Patient files and things, then it suddenly becomes very tricky. But there's a lot of potential there, and um, so I think the, the, the challenging part of doing AI in healthcare is on the data side. But there's already, yeah, there's a lot happening right now. I think also, as you say, like drug discovery, uh, drug discovery is a uh, is a big thing where AI, um, and there's also a lot of data in those in those spaces. So I um, think for the yeah for the future, I think also. Uh, make a bridge from like the hybrid multi-cloud part this is also powerful this can also help in the in the data uh, or in the healthcare space because suddenly it becomes easier to bring uh, your models to where the where the data is instead of pulling the data out of the silos where it's in and you know like migrating that to the cloud because then it becomes suddenly uh yeah kind of sensitive and 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 people start kind of pushing back on that, that that movement because it's uh, because of security and right you know like, compliance reasons yeah so, um, i think there's a but it's it's a it's a very exciting space for ai and i think we're going to see a lot of cool things yeah. yeah i mean personally it's one of my areas
0: i'm like the most excited about just you know seeing yeah. the ways they speed up drug discovery or you know all sorts of interesting things you're looking yeah. at proteins and enzymes and it's just crazy stuff and it's it's
1: personalized medicine will be a yeah. big thing probably in the next 10, 20 years, as soon as, yeah, you can fine-tune these things and also get more information about, uh, you know, like 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 individuals and have all that data and, you know, like totally. find like what's the best, uh, uh, what's the best treatment for this patient in this condition. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's, I think, really exciting stuff.
0: Totally. I think it's going to, you know, we're going to look back on the time, you know, give maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 years We'll we'll look back on the time when everyone took the same pill or had the same treatment as like the stone ages, right? Everything's going to be personalized. You're going to run biometric scans on your body and your DNA and all sorts of things. And things are going to be like custom to that. So it'd be super exciting. You know, um, I would love to get from you a piece of advice to aspiring um, AI experts, machine learning, uh, people going into the field. What's a piece of advice you feel like you could give them?
1: Oh, wow. Uh, I think, it's, it's changing so fast, right, yeah. the, whole, the whole field. I think compared to five years ago, uh, I already hear people talking about like machine learning 1.0 and kind of the new era with more like foundation models uh-huh. and, and, and generative AI. I do think that um, a lot of the, let's say 99% of the business cases and use cases still require like traditional machine learning and statistics isn't mm-hmm. well, I think right now, when, um, that becomes, we have like more powerful techniques, more powerful hardware, uh, we see a lot of, I uh, think there's a lot of potential there, so I think it's definitely worthwhile to still, you know, like understand the, the, the basics of how machine learning works before you, I mean, to jump into the, uh, jump into the, uh, uh, jump into the space, Um uh, LLMs and Gen AI and transformer models, foundation models, it's really, it's really exciting. It's really exciting stuff. And, but it's still like, it's just very advanced statistics in a way mm-hmm. uh, where it's just like you, you, you uh, increase the amount of parameters in a model and the complexity of the relationships between them. Uh, but still it's based on the same foundational statistical principles as like the older machine learning stuff. So it depends a bit on what you want to uh, what you want to do. I still think there's a lot of um, right now. Everyone is is looking at uh, uh, Gen AI and LLMs and looking like, okay, you know, let's see what we can do with this and how it can be applied. But um, that will kind of that that that's like we're on the top of the hype curve right mm-hmm. now. So that will that will that will also uh, yeah become a bit more like quiet in a way. And then um, I think it also helps kind of boost the. Uh, potential for uh, more traditional machine learning and approaches where there's still a lot of yeah ground to cover and a lot of cool business cases to solve and uh, 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 and actually turn into uh, yeah turn into uh, turn into applications and and, and products to uh, yeah make this uh, make this world a little uh, uh, little more uh, little uh, little better so um, I think as aspiring data scientist um it will be uh, yeah it's good to have an idea of like the foundations and principles of mm-hmm. how all this stuff works but um, yeah eventually when you work at a company it's about solving uh, solving a business case in the in the in the right way so uh, whatever technique works uh, it's usually uh, it's usually uh, usually the best um, but we uh, I've seen in the past that sometimes just like uh linear regression can get you quite far uh, but right now i think there 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 are tons of exciting opportunities uh, with transformers and and llms and we haven't really figured out all the applications yet so there's a lot of a uh, lot of exciting stuff to do there very cool yeah
0: there's so much to come you know so much has already happened so much more to come really exciting victor thank you so much for coming on the ai chat podcast sharing your insights perspectives background it's it's been a phenomenal um time if people want to uh, you know, find out a little bit more about what you guys are building at UbiOps. Maybe start use looking at using some of your tools, implementing them into their tech stack, and what they're working on. What's the best way for them to find you?
1: Yeah, so you can go to uh, ubiops.com and uh, actually create a free account. there feel free to uh, feel free to uh, to reach out or connect uh, connect me on LinkedIn if you have any have any questions or want to chat. Uh, definitely uh, definitely open to that. So uh, uh, yeah, just. Uh, just look at our look at our website and uh, connect one uh, one from our team and uh, yeah excited very, to uh, excited to get in
0: touch. Very cool. And f- to the listeners, I'll leave a link to UbiOps in the show notes so you can go check it out there. But once again, thank you Great. so much for coming on, Victor. Um, to the listener, thank you so much for tuning in to the AI Chat Podcast. Make sure to rate us wherever you get your podcast.